The swamp without a still is just a tent. A martini without olives doesn't quite make it. And Mash Minute is intended for mature audiences. Put on your headphones. Listen for the tone of your favorite podcast, Mash Minute. Well, it's a minute-by-minute detailed analysis. Of the movie without which the series wouldn't exist. Megan and Tierney, and guest will make three. Goddamn Army, MASH Minute. Welcome back to MASH Minute. We're a Movies by Minute podcast analyzing the 1970 Robert Altman film MASH, one minute at a time. I'm Tierney Steele. I'm Megan Coleman. And I am sitting next to a guest. Hey, it's me, Chris Callahan. Hi, Chris. Hey. A returning guest. We've never done that before. What? People do that? What? Yeah. We made it an hour and a half into the movie, and then it was like, oh, you need more mash? I got you. I got you. Just down the hall. (laughs) (laughs) It's all good. (laughs) So Chris rejoins us because today we're going to talk about Minute 90, which starts with the PA announcer describing a movie while wounded are unloaded, and it ends with Mulcahy trying to help in the OR. All right, say say this actor's name. Renee Abajanois. <laughs> Love the cat. There's like a hand motion that goes with it every <laughs> nice. single time and everything. Abajanois. That's what I should have put as your guest photo. It's like I'd like to see him trying to help out. Yes. So Chris was on before talking with Mike, but we were talking about golf and war oh. and other things that we don't really know that much, much about. about. But you're a cradle Catholic, so you at least know that maybe you shouldn't answer a priest when he asks how your trip was, I screwed a kabuki dancer. It's <laughs> not the greatest response. <laughs> He's just like, all right, I'm out of here. So let's not continue this discussion. So <laughs> and I did like the very beginning trying to learn about this movie. <laughs> uh, yes. Lieutenant and Punchy. Oh, yeah. So the names are, Lute- well, Lieutenant, Punchy, Limey, Babyface, Doc, The Poet, Pretty Boy, and slattery. Good combination. I wonder what's happening there. Is that like some kind of take on Snow White's dwarfs there? But the war movie version? <laughs> is there but something? I choose to believe it's still Doc and that Slattery is just a young John Slattery, whatever age he would have been in 1970. <laughs> That's true, oh. yeah. Oh, okay. That's really If we go by his character on Mad Men, John Slattery, he fought in World War II. Oh! So, it's around age appropriate to be in some film, I guess. Get that one out. I didn't think we were going to get a Mad Men reference today. Yeah. This is that's impressive. <laughs> Slide it in there. The other announcement we get is a little bit like, and I I just have to throw out there. I think if I'm remembering correctly, no, I am remembering correctly. Robert Altman loved the shot of them walking through the wounded with their golf their golf outfits. Yeah. He just absolutely adored it. It was like, I'm not cutting any of this. Like, we will revel in every moment because it's my favorite thing. Like, this to him was MASH, basically. <laughs> it seemed to connect well with also just thinking about the, the, I know the TV series always wanted to have at least one surgery scene in every episode. So to connect the sort of the silly frivolity to like, oh yeah, we have to do this too. So mm-hmm. it's a, I love the shot of seeing the, the red golf stockings cut mm-hmm. right into the <laughs> OR. Just yeah. like, oh. Oh, color Ooh. symbolism. Yeah. Ooh. Someone's been to the art museum. <laughs> <laughs> Learned so much. 
But the other announcement is a little bit more on Trapper's brand in this minute. It is that <laughs> due to a possible camp infection, Arlene Chu's Hollywood Grill is now off limits. <laughs> that is all. <laughs> now they don't say anything about a possible camp. Maybe, oh, maybe she got bed bugs. Ooh. They're impossible to get rid of. I'm sure that's it. Yeah, or food poisoning. I don't know. Right? Like, <laughs> right, now, in the film earlier, do we get to see the grill at all, or is it only reference? We just get reference. Yeah. This okay. reference is it. Yeah, we don't see it. It's not like Rosie's in the TV show. I was what thinking about that. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. like, are Arlene and Rosie related, you think? <laughs> <laughs> They're cousins. <laughs> yeah, well, and it's weird because I'm going off anecdotal, but I always thought Chu was a Japanese last name, I but I didn't research yeah. it. Like, I just, well, I've known a few people with that last name and they were Japanese, not Korean, but maybe she is Japanese, moved to Korea and just, you know, is making the best of bad timing for immigrating. <laughs> <laughs> It's a big choice there. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you move to another country and suddenly there's a war. But obviously she's a very resourceful woman. Yeah. And it's capitalized on Hollywood. Yeah. Smart. Know. Yeah. <laughs> Very unfortunate that she's off limits. Yeah, Rosie's Bar and Grill comes up a few times in the TV show, but there's a really, there's a few really great later episodes, because it's a mostly a later yeah, in the series true. thing. Yeah, yeah. There's an episode where they have to run it for a while that yep. has a lot of classic moments. And then there's also, that's where Hawkeye buys Radar the knee-high. Mm-hmm. Oh. It's, it's, it's like the uh, a grape knee-high. He looks at the year. 1951, a very good year for grape. And then when Radar drinks it, that's when he says extra purpley. <laughs> oh, he's like, it's still got its fizz. I'm sorry. I'm just like recreating this scene in my head because I love it. Grape and high is delicious. What can I say? Mm-hmm. So it's interesting seeing... With Father Mulcahy again, trying to help or just, you know, trying to be present. Because obviously, I think he wants to be ready to assist if, you know, something goes way off the rails, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and I will say, you know, Hawkeye's very amused by Trapper's answer. They're, they're buddies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I and I like that Mulcahy just is like, mm, I'm just going to move on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you would think in most cases, like I could imagine many hospitals, if someone's about to go into surgery, that's when the priest might meet with them just to, you know, just in case do some, you know, last rites potentially or things. But obviously in this situation in a war zone, there's just they bring the bodies right in and you just have to mm-hmm. jump right in. So mm-hmm. I guess like, it makes sense that he'd be right in the middle of the, of the floor. I was a little confused. I Again, I don't know much about surgery, so I can't follow exactly what each doctor is doing but i have some questions based on the closed captioning is it okay if i sure make us think about that before yeah. we get to mulcahy since he goes into the next minute as yep. well oh yes yes so whatever trapper whatever operation trapper is doing he says get her lung out of the way oh yeah which again and i don't we don't see oh. anything but i'm like are we supposed to i mean it's probably just um, in the f- case of the movie, it is probably just a mistake, but you could say like, oh, is that supposed to imply that some of these are civilians who got caught in the middle of something, that this was a bigger operation, but I just thought it was funny. You don't often get a her dropped in the OR. No. And then I was trying to figure out what it means when he says, keeping the blood in painless. Did, did the, like, the closed caption just not pick up a whole sentence? Because I cannot figure out what this is going for. 
Yeah, keeping the blood in, and how is the intake? Well, before that, there's like, yeah, but I can't stop the bleeding. So is that so? Does that have to refer? Is that referring to that somehow? Like I still don't know what they're doing besides. Yeah, I had someone's okay. chest or leg or something's op- abdomen's open. I'm but. trying to look at who's working where because I have it that Duke says he can't stop this bleeding. Yeah, Blake says keeping the blood in painless, and then Trapper asks, uh, "How's the intake okay, painless?" Painless. <laughs> and painless says normal. Painless is the only one that I can follow. <laughs> I was just curious if anyone else picked up on it or if everyone, if you guys were just too entranced by the visuals. I was too entranced by the visuals. The golf shoes. The golf (laughs) shoes, right. When it's like sponge stick and then you see those red. (laughs) Goes back to the red there. Yeah. Yeah. Which I can't even imagine not to like ruin the symbolism of the horrors of war, but standing in cleats on a cement OR floor must be hell. Like that must hurt. The pressure points on their feet must be so uncomfortable. And it reminds me of that episode of MASH where, who is it? Is it Radar who sells the wingtip shoes? <gasps> and how, you know, yeah. like, they're that's kind of a big deal. And, like, they're such nice shoes. And they're in the OR. And there's buckets of, you know, <laughs> bloody rags. Yeah, right <laughs> to them, next right, to Like, shoes. right there. Like, but they're so clean. <laughs> but they're going to get so dirty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sponge stick, sponge stick. Yes. Yeah, yeah, these are actually in pretty good shape yeah. for being in the OR. Yeah. <laughs> they're keeping it clean. Literally, but not figuratively. Right, yeah. (laughs) That is really kind of an essence of MASH thing. The golf shoes in the OR. But as someone who used to have to wear cleats occasionally, I'm just like, ow, ow. I hated when you had to like cut across on a sidewalk on them and you're like, oh no. Yeah, no thanks. Yeah, I'm just saying, it's also tricky. I'm just noticing, too, that Father Mulcahy is, does appear to be carrying the, a Bible yep. with him. Because I think he's not offering to help with the operations. He is ready to dispense some to last rites. Jump right in if needed. Or maybe it might not be a Bible. It might just be a smaller missalette of some His sort. Missile. But yeah, but definitely having the last rites handy. But I could also see it's tricky if they obviously if they really needed him to help. But I guess that's yeah probably only I I do sense. love... The like, oh, he's going to be fine. (laughs) (laughs) This is such a like, see, this is an anti-religious message in MASH that I think is really well done Mm. because it's very subtle. It's not Trapper saying, oh, it was great. I got laid is not subtle. (laughs) It's, oh, we don't take this priest seriously. We treat him like one of the guys, even though we know it makes him uncomfortable. But the whole like, I'm here if you need me. Oh, I can't talk to you right now. No, for your patient. Oh, he's going to be fine. Like that is showing how kind of impotent he is in this situation. Like Mm -hmm. you don't, you want the patient to be fine, but it's, I don't know. I just, I think that's really more subtly well done than most of the jokes at Father Mulcahy's expense yeah. in this movie. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not insulting to him. It's just he's, he's he's there if needed, but he really isn't. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of insulting, but it's not real. Like, it's not mm-hmm. meant to be. Henry's right. not doing it out of maliciousness. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing Mulcahy says is, oh, good. You know, oh, good. Does <laughs> yeah. anybody else? So does anybody else have anything for this minute? Yeah. <laughs> No, I just think it's just this way. Again, it's, I think, okay, he's not, you know, he's he's still persevering. He's there if anyone else needs him and wants to be present. And I'm sure most of the time they probably wish he wasn't there, maybe just saying he's kind of in the way. But, you know, I think it's, to some say, it could be a little bit of a calming presence. It's, you know, a little bit of a routine. Oh, he probably just wants to be helpful. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, it's a famous thing in the book. They refer to it as putting a fix in. Oh, right. Yeah. Whenever he prays over a patient and the patients are like, oh, yeah, if you get the fix from Father Mulcahy, you'll be fine. And so every time he comes into the OR, and I think at one point he comes in and Hawkeye, at one point, I want to say in this movie, Hawkeye says something like, I need the fix, Father. Or like there is something, but it's so quick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You would never catch it unless you were doing a podcast one minute at a time. <laughs> Literally writing out the closed captioning, having read the book. Yes. Like there's it, it's not here. But yeah, in the book, that's the main thing of everyone wants the fix from Father Malkay and mm-hmm. the doctors will specially request him to come in and pray over their patients because then the patients feel reassured and they're convinced they're gonna be fine, which is a big part of the battle. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I can see that being the, the key thing. Even if some of these doctors might not be very religious themselves, they know just the power of the symbolism there. And if that can help their patient relax, yeah, that goes a long way. Especially with limited resources, you know, they're doing the best they can. So it's good. Yeah, to them, they never refer to it as like a Catholic thing. And I think we yeah. determined we don't think these guys, like, yeah. it's, it's more, it's Mulcahy's fix. Oh, you mean the anointment of the sex. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just doing something and, yeah. But, yeah, they, they think of it differently. And then, yeah, Hawkeye, I know in the book, is always referring, like, I need some of that cross-action over here, Father. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd have to, I'm trying to remember, as you think about the TV show again, because I'm sure Mulcahy, he's been sort of trained, potentially in some prayers for non-Catholics, I wonder, how, you know, depending, he probably wouldn't necessarily have to ask for each patient what they want, but maybe in other times, he'd be ready to sort of assist in other ways, being sort of a spiritual, being a religious Well, figure. we know he needed to be walked through a breast. Oh, that's so. right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So something about stuff like that, yeah, where he's he's definitely willing to, to provide, he does, mm-hmm. and they mentioned him doing different types of church services yeah. during the day, so I'm sure he has some different prayers at the ready as yeah. needed. The yeah. book, they had a Catholic priest, a... Was it a Methodist? Methodist? Yeah. I'm going to go with yes, since we both said that at the same yeah. <laughs> time. But yes, a Protestant chaplain. And then there was a different denomination of Protestant chaplain, pastor, whatever word they used, and so, yeah. And yeah. that went from unit to unit. So the idea of being like, okay, you're covered anyway. But yeah, if, if you're the only religious leader there, you take care of the whole camp. Yeah. And oh, remember when... Sherman Potter first comes to the camp and he meets Father Mulcahy and he asks him, uh, oh, right. how's your Methodist or something like that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, because yeah. he asks if anyone else goes and goes, oh, a few people. He's like, good. I hate to sing alone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's good. No, I'd like to see. Yeah, it's nice that he's ready to help. So, Chris, when you were on previously, we asked you about your history with MASH and it wasn't just that I moved in and owned every episode in the movie of MASH and several books. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely when I got into, after seeing the finale of MASH, I, that's when I kind of got into the show some more. And I had seen, seen a little bit off and on previously, but really not much. But then after that, then knowing it was on TV all the time, I think FX had it a lot. Yeah. TV 38. Might have done it for a bit. So I would definitely watch it very consistently. And um, yeah, so it sort of stuck around. And I forget exactly when I saw the movie for the first time. I think it was a little bit after that. And then I haven't seen the movie all the way through in a few years. It's been some time. But it's, uh, but yeah, both have been you know, yeah. solid elements. Yeah. So, Mulcahy, William, 
Christopher. <laughs> That's true. Or Renee Abajoie. You know, it's tough just because obviously the, the longevity of William Christopher really, a lot, so much of the TV series, you know, really defines those characters. But when you get Renee in there. <laughs> and I think they made a good choice because it seemed, I think, wasn't in the pilot of MASH, they had a, the person playing Mulcahy probably was someone else. Who looked yeah. a little bit more like Abajoie. Yeah. So I'm glad they yeah. decided to just go off in a different direction. You can't replicate. I did like that, that they got someone with red hair. And I think that's right. how they were yeah. going to try and pass off his nickname. Yep. And then they decided, like, well, it's like, let's that's just... not the part that's problematic. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. So then they quickly sort of moved away from that. So I think it was a good because you have two sort of distinct portrayals, but both very solid, both very sincere. I think they're good. Holds up. Plus, you could name a kid after William Christopher as a first name and a middle name, and people wouldn't think you were weird. But if you named your kid Renee Abajardois, uh, they hey, might have questions. Yeah, you know, there might be a, a few bold questions. statement there. Yeah, that's the thing. You could do it, hey. but you're yeah. gonna get a lot more funny looks than yes. William Christopher. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to remember now, I think it was um, was it Bill Clinton's Secretary of State for his first term. I also had the last name Christopher. I'm trying to remember. Oh, um, that sounds yeah really familiar. To think about this, yeah, because it remind, just reminds me. I just remember that I had the book "Socks Goes to Washington," yes! and one of the first lines is like, "Socks may be a silly name, but at least it's better than Tipper." <laughs> Ooh. Socks Goes to Washington is a great read. And then I wrote to Socks and got a postcard Me back too. that said, I'm proud to be your first cat. I <laughs> still I have mine. Yep. It's the it's best thing ever. It's parents' house. <laughs> there, um, there was a Warren Christopher. Warren Christopher. That might that must be it. Yes. I think. 93 to 97, it looks like. Yes. Warren okay. Christopher. I always thought about him just because my dad would say, hey, if you were his son, your name would be Christopher Christopher. And be like, Whoa. Blew my mind, but <laughs> if Tuesday Wells married someone else famous, I don't know the reference. His last name is March the third. Her name would be Tuesday March the third. Hey, <laughs> there is a joke from my dad to you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, this has been a very Christophery minute. Hey. <laughs> hey. hey. Uh, I'm assuming we're good because it's an OR scene. It's an OR scene. We're not doctors. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We do our best. Get the lung out of the way. <laughs> going. Yeah, I even uncovered some controversial questions, but, like, that's, that's it. <laughs> hey, it's gonna be fine. That's gonna all be fine. <laughs> Just like Mulcahy deciding not to engage, we are going to... <laughs> See this minute, talk about this minute, and now move on. <laughs> Ta-da! <laughs> it's beautiful. So, it's minute 90. It's an hour and a half into the movie. Hey. You probably know where to find us. Yes, I'm sure. So, we're on social media. Chris, do you have anything you want to plug? You know, you can find me on social media, um, at PCChrisC on Twitter. I sometimes retweet this one account that just those old Lego catalog pages. Ooh. And sets. You know, the holidays are coming up, and I bet we'll be seeing some retweets from that account that does all the Christmas letters from kids back in the day. Yes. Oh, gosh. I believe it is. Let me double check. I believe it is tweets of old, but let me make sure. (laughs) Because. Wait, like, so what does happen to the letters that kids send to Santa Claus? Yes. Well, I think 
Miracle on 34th Street answered that question Oh, I'm for sorry. Us. But I mean, like, if you're cynical and don't believe in that, like, if that's not your canon. I believe the Greg Kinnear 90s movie, Dear God, answered that question for her. <laughs> no, just kidding. Yes, the Twitter account is Tweets of Old. Also goes under the name R.L. Rippers. R.L. Ripples. But it's at Tweets of Old. At so you can always old, find it in easiest that. way. It's year round, but the Christmas is it's... what really gets me. Oh, yes. Like just the other day, it said, uh, it said from a newspaper in Pennsylvania, 1883, the headline, Some wag saddled the neighbor's cow on Halloween night at Belleville. Ah, Colorado, 1900. Sheriff Wallace had his bear out for exercise this morning. So yeah, that's a nice plug <laughs> yes, for that. <laughs> pretty good. Tweets of old Leslie, Idaho, 1907. Tonight is Halloween, and the things the small boy has planned to do are something terrible. Tomorrow morning is going to see apt to see the town turned upside down. Oh, the small boy has planned something terrible. <laughs> I'm glad our town has not been turned upside down. Small boy. <laughs> I will also say a quick little plug for MoviesByMinutes.com. That has links to, well, Everything. Everything. <laughs> all, all things that have been completed, all things that are ongoing. It just keeps growing and growing. It started out with, well, there were a few, but really Star Wars Minute. And now it's over 100. And who even knows by the time this comes out? So, <laughs> All right. Well, and that's the good news. But I hope you will come back tomorrow. Yeah. Everyone stand up. Cross your... I'll rise. Go in peace to serve the world in mash. (laughs) (laughs) Alleluia, alleluia. (laughs) With your spirit. (laughs) And with your kabuki dancer. (laughs) (laughs) Ah!